And now, from the Brain Vault, with Gil, Levi, and Justin. Welcome to From the Bone Vault, coming to you live from below Midnight Lair. I'm Gil. And I'm Justin. And this evening, guys, we watched Street Fighter, the 1990s uh, <laughs> adaptation of the video game. 1994. 94. Uh, same year as Jurassic Park, un- uh, unfortunately for them. Oh, man. I'm Unfortunately for them, nothing. How could it have even competed? I mean, this movie doesn't even compete with Mortal Kombat. I don't know what they were wanting to do, honestly. Um, oh, man. So, uh, yeah, guys, we watched Street Fighter. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme is Guile, the, the American character. What? Yeah, the Van Damme-Guile thing was really crazy to me. Um, he sounds like Tommy Wiseau at some time. Like, that's how bad it gets. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's please don't don't take it wrong guys. It's it's it can be a little mean to make fun of somebody's accent, but come on. I mean between him and Arnold Schwarzenegger, they have famously unpronounceable lines in movies and this is just the epitome of that. What's really weird is it feels like they almost told him to just take his time and work through it. And it makes it almost worse because he slows down sometimes to like this weird pace and it just is like he just speaks and he's like, all right, guys, we have, and it's like, it's just, it just kind of like drags it out. And it would have been so much easier if they had just made that character not American or made him be someone who was not American and run it that way. Right. Well, I want to say that there is an actual, like Van Damme is a, is a French actor, right? Um, he is French of some kind. I'm not sure if he's French from France or he's from a colony of France that he was raised in. Right. Um, but, oh, he's Belgian. He's Belgian. Okay. okay. I was like, yeah, he's, I think he's not from France proper. I was going to say that there's, um, there's other people in this movie, obviously. Uh, that's the, the big star was him, which was really weird that they picked him for that role. Um, he kind of looks the part, but then again, it's also weird that they had Guile as the star of this movie because Guile has never really been the right, not not the center. Mortal Kombat. Well, uh, Street Fighter. I know. I I threw no, I threw you off because I said Mortal Kombat at the top of the episode. Yeah, when you think Street Fighter, you think you know Ryu or Chun Li. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but so we have a a pretty long cast list here. I'm not even going to go through all these because most of them are pretty inconsequential. Yeah. Uh, we have General <laughs> M. Bison played by Raul Julia. Uh, Chung Lee well, is played by Ming-Na Wen oh, who is... Hold on. Uh, we, we do have to mention Raul Julia who played Gomez Adams uh, from the Bone Vault Season yeah, 1, guys. Come on. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. You've got to go back and watch those movies, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ming-Na Wen is probably the most famous person right now from this because she's the one who played Mulan and she's still acting on like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like that. Yeah. And so Doing really well on that. She's, in, she's actually doing really well. And actress. sadly, she can actually kind of fight and stuff. So it doesn't make sense why her stunts look so bad. It just is like they made everybody look bad because they're just trying to shoot it in such just, oh, man. like this really bad way. And um, Ken is played by Damien Chapa. Uh, Cammy's played by Kylie Minogue, who's the other person. I was like, "Why are you?" That's in this Kylie movie? Minogue. You didn't realize that. I didn't even realize. Oh my god, my brain That's just Kylie imploded. Minogue. 
I mean, Cammy is British, I think, in the game. I, I'm not really a big Street Fighter person. Like, I never have been. It's, it's one of those games that's kind of hard to access because it's very much... Um, yeah. It's very much about, like the technical aspect of a fighting game. Yeah, and it's it's your a it's lot your, of it is it's it's the it was the groundwork for a lot of the standard in fighting games. It and Tekken set the mold for their specific genres of of fighter games. But even Tekken is not that specialist as this is. Like this gets to the point where people are doing like very specific crazy sorts of like technical moves like Tacking off the walls and yeah, just you can get your ass beaten Street Fighter real fast. Yeah, if somebody knows what they're by doing by playing the wrong person, and it it's discouraging. So you, a lot of people just don't play it. Well, and um, but talking about the discouraging, I mean, that's where this movie really sold itself uh, for being a Street Fighter adaptation because I was really discouraged by the time I finished watching this movie. Um, yeah, I mean, wow. you're discouraged for 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 good filmmaking. Um, Ryu is played by Byron Mann. Uh, Dalsim is played by Roshan Seth. Uh, Zangief is played by Andrew Baranowski, I think his name is. Zangief, the highlight of this movie. Zangief is actually pretty funny in this movie. He has the funniest line at the very end. Uh, <laughs> Balrog is played by Grand uh, L. Bush. Carlos Blanca played by Robert Mamone. DJ, which is actually spelled D-E-E-J-A-Y. Uh, oh, I did not see that Y. in the credits. Yeah. No. It's played by Miguel... Uh, Nuez Jr. and Vegas played by Jay Tavere. Um, and we could keep going. There's so many other actors. Oh, no, I stopped right there. I, like, that's where INDB stops the main page, and I just stopped there, too. Um, it, but it, it's a lot of these characters are in there for like they're introduced, and then they have like a part later in the movie, and that's it. Like, Vega and his handler kind of just show up in the beginning. There's a little fight with them and like a boxing thing, and there's another fight with them, and then they're gone for most of the middle of the movie. And then all of a sudden, they're like, they're like the the oh, these are the two that are going to give Ken and Ryu their their challenge of the film. What? Yeah, I mean, and be, because they didn't really set up a good reason for these characters to fight hand to hand, it doesn't make sense why they're doing it like in the midst of this other crisis that doesn't really. Like, the stakes are already too high for them to be fighting in this base where they could easily get shot or blown up or something. Right. And um, that's the other thing. This is really just a war movie with Street Fighter paint on it. Because <laughs> Yeah, it really is. It, it, I heard from someone that the reason why they did it this way was because uh, Mortal Kombat entered production first, and it was going to be a tournament fighter movie game thing where it was just like about a tournament and that's what Mortal Kombat's always been but so is Street Fighter most of these games work on a system of this is a tournament you're fighting people because you're trying to get X goal prize money to do something right avenge your father who was killed by the person who's running the tournament whatever or if it's Tekken in the case of that game you and your dad and your brother sorry you and your dad and your granddad all have devil dreams <laughs> in them and you're all going to fight it out in the street because your granddad has a sword that kills demons and you two are the devil in part and he's going to kill you with it. Because that's what Tekken's about is fighting your dad. Justin uh, almost killed me. I mean, if people if people who don't know think I'm joking, that fucking that's part of the story of Tekken is people have the devil inside of them well, and their granddad's trying to kill them. If we're going to talk about uh, the, the comparative story through lines, not, not Tekken, but I mean Street Fighter to Street Fighter, 
Um, Street Fighter, the animated movie, actually sticks a lot closer to what the games did. The Ryu is this wandering fighter whose best friend and, you know, uh, trained next to him, Ken, is uh, uh, Ryu's traveling the world and trying to find uh, uh, his next challenge or find himself through his combat. And that puts him in, in the path of a lot of different people, one of which is Bison with this totally, you know, different power that comes in contact with these guys and they throw down. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very fantasy style story. That's very easy to tell. They didn't do any of that. There's a Hadouken in this movie, by the way. No, there's not. There is. If you watch Ryu punches, uh, I want to say he punches Vega one time. Yeah, he he hit Vega. It's not visible, but he does the hand motion into him and throws him back but it's like it's it's treated more like it's a powerful punch than it is a like energy blast. Like the only actual energy blast shit is from Bison. Yeah, like after he gets electromagnetized, fucking, his fucking Ugh. Super Mario Bros. jump boots that he's wearing. <laughs> yeah, they had to stole those in that set. Oh, like so much of this was like recycled sets. It's a screen from Blank Check back there they kept showing. Uh, that 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 TV screen made of multiple TV screens. Oh right. <laughs> well, wait. What about the monitors that were attached to his flying desk? Oh, the flying desk that he clearly bought from Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> it looks like a, that little that little um whatever that thing is Robotnik. Yeah, he's like his called. egg contraption or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, whatever egg theme fucking device he was using that week. Um, like, and then. They 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 changed they changed like half these characters' story. Ehan is not even Japanese; he's Hawaiian. Right. Um, I guess they felt like Japan had bombed us in the war, so they were still <laughs> mad at them in the nineties. I don't know what the problem was. Um, that's so wrong, Justin. I mean, but like that's all I can think of for changing it. They're like, oh, oh Americans don't want to see a real Japanese person on hold screen. Hold on, you want to talk about something. changes? Uh, Balrog, Balrog, the camera guy should have been uh, on Bison's side of the fence because he was actually a bad guy in the original in the original fiction. Sagat was supposed to be this huge monster of a guy and a real uh, challenger to Ryu. And that's how Guile got the big scar across his chest. Or not Guile, well, but uh, Sagat. Dalsim is, Dalsim Dalsim is, is nothing. He's just is, he's a scientist. Not a who's doctor ma- he's magically he's a fucking... bald. He's just magically bald at, at one part in the movie. He just all of a sudden, boop, okay, I'm bald now. I think he got bald because that shit spilt on him or he got shocked or something is what they meant. Like they, they tried to like give people origin stories they didn't need. Like, oh, here's how Ken and Ryu got clothes. Those are just clothes. They could just buy those. Like, we don't need a story oh, behind Oh, when it. they got their, their geese at the end of the movie. Yeah, they got a red gi and a, a white gi yeah. from the place. They uh, they don't really give anything for Cammy. Cammy just kind of travels through the movie until it's time for her to look like Cammy more and she just does that to right? herself. Like, oh, this is my outfit um, now. I was kind of wondering if they're how far they were going to take that. I was like, oh, if they put Cammy in that weird like one piece <laughs> bathing suit she usually wears, right? Like that would be not army issue. <laughs> um, there's just a bunch of wild shit in this. Like there's shit wrong with their game adapting, and there's shit wrong with like just the world this movie inhabits. Like I don't know much about radar technology. I know there's such a thing as oh, like a water radar, dude, was, but the radar they showed movie, is clearly a radar for the sky. It was just movie it, tech. It's a radar for the sky, though. Like It's a plane radar. So while they, like, while they knock it out for boats to come in, radars don't pick up fucking boats because they, they, things that fly that low don't get picked up. Like 
why would that radar pick up those blow up dinghies in the water that aren't moving fast? And so, like, they have a stealth boat come in, and the stealth boat's not even stealth because it gets seen immediately by these weird gun turrets. It was just the weirdest thing. Like, so much was attention was paid to like military technology and like setting up Chung Lee as this newswoman when she's actually part of Interpol or something, from what I remember. Right, and and to no effect. Like, it served. No purpose. This movie could, again, have been simply about Ryu's journey, the people he interacted with, and then them finally facing Bison because of what he was looking to do to the world. He just, it's just paths intersecting. That it could have been simply it. They did not have to give this level of detail. This is simple material. <laughs> this is not well, the, that difficult. To make, to make a, a defense for what they were trying to do, like, they... They were probably trying their best to avoid anything that was going on with Mortal Kombat. Because the movie hadn't come out yet either, and they didn't know what they were getting into. They knew it was Yeah, Capcom, Capcom was in a hurry. I mean, they were trying to get it ready for... Uh, uh, one board by Red said that they were uh, the execs were trying to have the first film ready by Christmas of 94. So they, they were definitely in a rush. And then the other thing is that they actually went back later, and they did a... Um, a live action Chung Lee movie that oh, yeah. also performed badly. Yeah, that and it's was... it's the one with uh Kristen Kruick where it was much more lovingly made. Like it's not a goofy fucking shit fest the way this is, but it's also <laughs> inexplicably weird. And once again they try to change Chung Lee's background in that. Yeah. And I think that what their problem is is they they don't really want to go the weird police lady route with her where she's just traveling the world beating people up they want to give her this weird backstory and explain where she came from and like they i don't even know from what i remember of the game i want to say that her dad was a cop that just got killed in the line of duty and she decides to do the same thing yeah no farm village and like like i think it's a lot of studio meddling like they just they kind of have to they have to like put their weird marks on things and what they think audiences like. And even as far back as the nineties, they were pretty out of touch. Yeah. The nineties were um, the nineties. I mean, this is the same era that brought us, you know, demolition man and uh, demolition man's an amazing film. Oh, true, true, true. But it, it definitely had the same, um, visuals, bright color clothing, bright, you know, very, well, that is very, just the, the very nineties. I don't know what was, You know what I mean? The nineties like, aesthetic the, is still there. The Mario Brothers is the same way. Like there was no color God. grading yet. So movies weren't color graded. They were just shot with shit lighting and it made them look this way. <laughs> right. And then they would brighten colors up a little bit, but they don't have the color grading the way that like fight club or seven or whatever was like green all the time. Like they don't do that yet. And it kind of hurts them because they look so weird. Like, movies like this look weird when they're not fucking messed with. Like, it looks like Far Cry 1 or some shit when they get to the <laughs> island. Like, it's, like, all green. It's, like, too green. <coughs> it does. It absolutely um, does. Half of the outfits look like they're out of a fucking Sega Genesis game. Well, so what, well and like, there was a CDI game based, based off the movie with uh, mocap. Someone mo-cap told me similar that. That to was Mortal just Kombat. like, you cannot it, fucking... They did it. It's there. Go look oh, it up. It's pretty bad. Um... But talking about the costumes, what was up with the blue and gray camo? Oh yeah, I actually wrote down that. What is this camo protecting them from? Like, where the what, fuck what would are you they fight on the world where that would work? <laughs> and anywhere, if you if somebody can give me a give me a good excuse as to why the fuck they were in those outfits, I'll eat one of my hats. Almost like marine camo. 
Yeah, it, it was. That's the thing. It was. It was design wise, pattern wise, serviceable camo, but it was blue and freaking gray. It also looked like it was almost the camo they they have now, the digital camo. What it Yo, looked like, digi almost. Cam, yeah. Ugh. But it, it it was stupid. It was just it was stupid looking. I, I'm pretty sure they did it to like make a cool look. Like, oh, it's a cool look. Like this this could be a Halloween costume for some kid. No one's going to dress up like this shit. Like this is a terrible phone. Well, and, yeah, it, man. I think really, uh, if you break it down, the people whose costumes they they most accurately got Vega. proper. Vegas was really good and very proper to the material. Oh, um, but every time there's a tattoo on anybody, it's the fakest tattoo ever. <laughs> like, no, like someone had a tattoo no. early in the movie, and I was like, that was like a fucking black magic marker. <laughs> From dusk till dawn, uh, uh, George Clooney's tattoo looked pretty legit. I gotta give that one. Okay, but most you're right. Most film tattoos are not the best. Oh no, I'm talking about this movie in general. There's multiple tattoos oh, in this yeah. film. They all look fake. Yeah, they got the American flag water. on Gal's shoulder. Um, there's oh, they had to show off every second they could. You know, with him doing well, his yeah, flex at the he's, camera. He's so American, you know, American. like with that accent <laughs> that sounds. I was like, I wrote the word. I never thought I'd describe anything as this. It's Tommy Wiseauian, because <laughs> that's what it sounded like. And I was like, "This is probably Tommy Wiseau's favorite film." <laughs> yeah, that's the accent Tommy Wiseau imitates, and he thinks, "Oh, I'm American, guys." It's like, "No, you're not, dude. That's what you sound like a not American." Um, <laughs> like Tommy Wiseau. Claiming to be American is my favorite thing. Because he, he said, he, first off, he claims he's American. And at one point, he claimed that he was, like, barely out of high school in, the, like, the late 90s. No, you're not. You're, like, almost 40, dude. No one's fooled by that shit. You're actually a, um, you're actually a lich. This is the third body you've inhabited. Stop it. I actually wish, I kind of wish that, that he had been, like, he had been in Bison. It's <laughs> just, like, the Thai white Got our, uh, why? Oh, shut up. Oh, hi, Guile. <laughs> <laughs> God, why won't you fight me? Fight me, God, hand the hand. I did not hit Chung Lee. I did not hit her. I didn't. What did we Dude. turn this movie into? Actually, so I'd watch bad. the fuck out of that. I'd watch the fuck out of with Tommy Wiseau. Uh, him floating around. You know what? You know what? I just thought about this because people have been doing this this week. There's this. Uh, it's a sad story to start off with, but there's this program that someone on Reddit created. That's a face swap AI. So it's a program you can use to swap an actor or actress's face out with another oh, person's face. Oh, yeah, I saw and that. And they're using it for porn. Like, they made, like, a Daisy Ridley porn and some other porns with other actresses. But someone on Reddit got a hold of the program and started using it to swap Nick Cage into different things. No. And so someone's big thing right now is they're trying to make a Dark Knight uh, Returns or a Dark, Dark Knight movie with Nick Cage's face on Batman. And... um I suggest they should make Batman v Superman over again, but they should put Nick Cage in uh, both roles. In Superman. Sure, why not? No, no, no. Nick Cage is Superman, and then Travolta is uh, Batman. <laughs> I would watch the fuck Wait, out of that. Young Travolta or ch- or chubby Travolta? I, I want face off Travolta. I want that fucking oh, weird, the smiling fucking guy's face. Travolta, and I then I want I want them to cut a scene where he just touches someone's face awkwardly too, but no, but like you could take this movie and just swap Tommy Wiseau's face off the wrong God. <laughs> so it's now I'm imagining the scene. It's like a uh, what does he say? He says uh, 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 let's say electromagnetism. It uh, 
it it makes it makes uh it levitates yeah yeah hold on hold on it levitates my desk and it levitates me mark <laughs> no he says three he says, he says my desk he goes he's holding up this desk and it's holding up something else and it's holding up me and he just like flies back well, that's that's the other thing. Like, you watch the movie, and Bison is not moving at speeds quick enough that Guile could know. not have reacted. He's, like, first off, I could have reacted to Bison because if it looks like all his motions are straight line. It's not a goddamn jetpack. He can't stop himself. <laughs> if you just move to the side, he can't course correct to get you. Or better yet, Guile, leave the fucking room. Because what is he going to do if you leave the room? He's going to fly down the hall and get you? <laughs> he can't get down the hallway with any kind of mobility. You get, you get to the mop closet. You get your mom. Yeah, what does Gal do? Stand in the room and just watch him fly around and kick the shit out of him? <laughs> and what? Okay, so at the very end of the film, and this is one of my pet peeves, is like the zinger. You know what I mean? Like the There was a ton of one-liners or attempts at one-liners through this whole film. But oh, the, the but last... do not talk about Zangief's beautiful one-liner. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm talking about at the very tail end of the film where they are... Um, they imply that they're going to go fuck? No, shut up. <laughs> that, no, that happens. Wait, what? When he when they come out and he and Chong Lee talk, she's like, can I get that interview now? And he says something that's like implying that they're going to go fuck. I can't remember what he says. <laughs> Something about it taking her clothes off, or I don't know what it was, but it was it was a clear implication that oh probably like, something like are you, are you going to wear that outfit? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I was like, it's a clear implication that these two characters who have barely spoken since fucking minute ten of this film are going to fuck each other now <laughs> because they happen to have a fight in a close proximity to, to each other. No, I was talking about after Guile kicks him into the screens, he goes, "Bison, you're off the air." <laughs> I didn't hear that. Like those ADR did, and all the spark noises and shit were covering it up. Oh man, it makes me so angry. This is like there's so many good. Like go back to Leprechaun. You know, fuck you, Lucky Charms. That's a great way to end it. That's awesome. That's a great I one-liner. Mean, there's better one-liners than this. I also like the character of DJ. I'm glad that character survived because DJ is the one character in in, in, in Bison's little group. Who gets it? The, who's clearly like not with his shit. And the moment shit starts to go south, he's like, "Well, I'm packing it in." Yeah, I'm gonna and take this. Just, I'm gonna take this this whole box of Bison bucks and get the fuck out. Of I, here. Oh, I wrote that down. I was like, "Wait, they call them Bison dollars, not Bison bucks? Come on, dude! Yeah. Like, who wrote that down?" <laughs> Oh, and then my other thing, Bison's asking for $20 billion, preposterous, preposterous. Nobody's getting that kind of money. No one's getting $20 billion. Like, dude, first of all, you have hostages. Who would you take hostage? Because, right, I tell you right now, that it, you would just, they'd be dead. They'd be getting worked <laughs> up because no one's going to give you $20 billion. They would, they would spend $20,000 and get one guy to go in there and just blow them all the hell up and be done with it. He's like, oh, I like when he checks the bank account and it has this like long-winded like animation of it coming up and it just goes bit bit zero dollars. <laughs> I was like, wait, is this account you have with no money in it? Oh man, this uh, oh man, like I said, the tech in this movie is just great. So many fucking screens of in like Everywhere. there's more screens of goofy shit in this than there are in Evangelion, and that says something. <laughs> Evangelion has some of the most crazy readouts imaginable screens that do things for inexplicable reasons like just make scribbles because they can't make a reading you're like what the fuck is that screen doing 
Oh man, Shanalu. It was like Shanalu tattoo. That's what it was. That looked like it was drawn with magic marker. Oh man, is it so? At the at the expense. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. No, I'm laughing at my own notes. I wrote down that I was like, "Is this guy supposed to be kin? He looks like Walter Peck from Ghostbusters." <laughs> yes, sir. He's right. This man has no key. <laughs> <laughs> So, like they built a laser grid with no safety switch on it. That's why he's here to get bison. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's so many things, man. Okay, ready? Here, I'm going to bust open this can of worms. Blanca. <laughs> I didn't even want to say anything about it. You didn't? I had notes that I erased them. I'm not even joking. Oh, man. That was... They handled that so poorly. They, t- they I mean, made how him do you a, handle Blanca? Like, what is Blanca supposed to be in the game? Is just it like a monster? A, like, like a monster. Like, he's a savage out of the middle of the jungles that has these abilities. Okay. That's just He's there. Brazilian, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's from the Brazilian jungle. Doesn't he use capoeira? No, that was... Uh, but that's just me being racist. That's you being racist. Um, no, there was a character that was introduced later in the Street Fighter series. Brazilian that- dance fighting? Brazilian dance fighting. No, he just did a lot of jumps and spins and. and yeah, he has like a lot of like fucking barefoot kicks and shit, and he wears those pants like the Hulk, where it's just he has pants on because it's like the Hulk. Rank. Like you know, the, like if he he shouldn't have pants on because he's like a savage, but like if we don't put pants on him, his dick flopping around. We're gonna get like an M rating for sure. It's like we can't. We, uh, we it's gonna be a few years before we get the Doctor Manhattan. It's yeah, he's out here just, just Doctor Manhattan it up with his, <laughs> his, his green donger flopping around in the wind while he kicks people. <laughs> oh, it's so it's wrong. Stupid ass movie. Oh my god! It, like E Honda, like that was weird too. Like, it just no, the Blanca thing. Like I don't want to skip over it because it's a it, it's paid very close attention to in this film. Like they go back to it over and over. Like he doesn't even get to fight. He's just like this scared kind of beast guy. He does fight in like he fights in a scene we get to watch through another TV screen in this movie, oh, <laughs> which man. is. You know, it's not like it's a new TV screen where it's all HD. These are like little tiny fucking TVs you put in your kitchen that are on Bison's desk. Which, it's funny to me because he sees that what's going on. And his first thought isn't, oh my God, he's gone crazy because I showed him a bunch of violent imagery and didn't give him any instruction. (laughs) But his first thought is that someone must have shown him different imagery than me. I was like, why would you think that? Like, I would think, oh, this didn't work because we showed him a bunch of violent shit and then let this monster loose in the lab and he's killing people now. Because there's people there to kill. So what, what was Bison's end game there? Like, was he just going to make shock troops out of a bunch of people and then Remember, just he says it. He says that he's going to make a bunch of troops to conquer the world and, like, once the world's under his control, it'll be like a one-world government thing. Um, but fascism. Know- I don't know. He dressed like a weird fascist. <laughs> I mean, Bison's clothes. Like, we didn't even discuss that shit. Oh, you mean like, like the, 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 he, the, he has the, the like seams this, across the front of his shit? Uh, no, just like the fucking Stalin-esque like red suit he's wearing, which is from the games, granted. Right. And that weird fucking Cloud Strife bangle he has on the one arm. <laughs> but then he's like going to go try to fuck uh, Chung Lee, and he goes in his room, and he has like this fucking, like, I don't know, this fuck robe he puts on, <laughs> <laughs> which is, he starts taking off all his shit. I do like, have like, to say. metal. That that dialogue there at that point where he's like, to you, it was the worst day of your <laughs> that life. That is an amazing line. To me, 
it was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, he's like, to you, the day that Bison visited your village was the worst day of your life. To me, it was just a Tuesday. And go. I've heard that line used before. Actually, I heard it used by the uh, the Honest Trailers guy because he just reads shit people give him. I had no idea where it came from. But it's one of those lines that like I almost feel like it was the first thing they wrote because they thought about it so much and everything else was just bullshit. Um it reminds me that of the Dracula line from Castlevania, where he says that that uh, what is a man a miserable pile of secrets? Thing? Oh yeah, what is Which... a man but a miserable pile of secrets? <laughs> but enough talk. How about you? <laughs> yeah, then you just fight Dracula for the upteen time because he's the same <laughs> villain over and over. But um, no, the Zengief line was also a thing. I think that they didn't think through hard, but it was just like they wrote it because it was natural. It just came to them. Oh, that was so good. Goes, though. That was a highlight. He's like, of why film. do you fight for him? I'm getting paid. You're getting paid? And and that's how he changes sides. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. That's not, that that wasn't the line that got you chuckling, dude? Like the, change the channel. That had me in stitches. (laughs) That was so stupid. That was good, too. It was so stupid. Like, he was a high, like, that Zongief had me cheering for him in the film. I'm like, okay, I just want to see him. I want to see Zongi the movie felt about like him. he was meant to be like that character from Fury Road who's clearly like not right in the head. Oh, like he right, dropped right. or kicked too hard or some shit. And he's just being abused and kind of used by these evil people. Um, But Blanca, I thought they were going to have him shoot Blanca in the head. I was like, what the fuck? This is dark. Oh, yeah. If they would have taken him out. God. Like, so why did... That's what I didn't understand is like, why did Dalzim and Blanca just all of a sudden go, we're going to chill here. We're just going to die here. It's like, this place is literally exploding. Why don't you go somewhere safe where you could live in peace on this island? No one's going to come here. Nobody. Dalzim was like, oh, we have to atone for our sins or whatever. Oh, like your sins of being kidnapped by somebody and like held at gunpoint to make... Whatever the fuck he was trying to make. I don't know what was going on. A green monster man who, <laughs> who didn't have lightning powers, by the so way. So why um, did the process make him green and orange-haired? Green-skinned and orange-haired. Why did the process of being brainwashed? Why did, why, why did fucking... Why did M. Bison's boots having levitation powers not flip him upside down? And <laughs> just, like, levitate him upside down around like, I don't know why anything happened in this movie. Like, uh, why is Kylie Minogue there? Why does that character who comes from the UN or whatever it's meant to be not have even a name in the credits uh, when he gets so much screen time? Oh, the Walter Peck of the movie? Yeah, the guy who's like, we're coming here to to shut this down. And oh. then John claude Van Damme makes his long... That's where I thought he was, like, really telling me so I'm going to put my foot so far up Bison's ass. That the next person who tries this will will feel it or something, he said. So bad. It was really bad. And then these people were like, they're stirred and moved by him. And his plan was just like to take one boat and go up the river and I'm shoot gonna radar get, out. I'm going to get on my boat. <laughs> yeah, on, on his boat, because it did have his name on the side. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, so wait, so what you're saying is, is the next, wait, so when we do digitally recast the film, it's Tommy Wiseau as Guile versus Tommy Wiseau as Bison. Um, Guess how this see. feels like it should have gone down. If you're gonna say someone, someone was by, I don't know who could have been Bison. If I was gonna recast this movie now, I would make Peter Stormare Bison. <laughs> <Just> Peter, Stormare. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, 
Peter Stormwall in his fucking puffy red costume. Like he's the Phantom. He has the muscles built into the costume. Oh my God. Like it's a Halloween costume or some shit. Uh-huh. And uh, Peter Stormbear flat around in these fucking hover boots. I don't even so. have a good Stormy Air impression. I would totally throw it on you right now, but that is so good. Him with the little like, hat on. Bison is clearly meant to be like a Russian analog. Like he's meant to be like a communism sort of oh, yeah. analog. Well, the red and the take, fucking Stalin clothes. Take a second and go over the naming conventions because yeah, my, Bison is not his real name. His mm-hmm. name is actually supposed to be Vega. Vega, and then Vega is supposed to be Balrog, and then Balrog is supposed to supposed be, to be M. Bison, which is a play on a Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson. exactly. So. And they were like. <laughs> Capcom doesn't know how to how not to get sued. So they thought, <laughs> we're going to get sued for this because that wouldn't get you sued anywhere, but whatever. Right. So they changed, they moved names, but they, for some reason, they wanted to move names twice because they didn't think something sounded, I don't know what they were doing. Like, they could have just moved two names. They moved three instead. They could have just left it alone. It wasn't that big of a deal. Nobody was going to sue over that. It would just been a bit of funny character that would have been in the movie. I mean, you go back to... Um, Oh, what is it? Uh, Punch Out on the old NES. You know, yeah. Mike Tyson was the end of, in the end of the game. He was the end boss, but they made him Mr. Dream, I think, at the end. But I mean, I think that Japan doesn't have a real, or sorry, they didn't have a real understanding of our copyright laws because in Japan, it's like the fucking Wild Wild West. You can just, you know, I can go to Japan and draw a fucking Final Fantasy Seven comic where characters fuck each other and sell it on the street and no one can stop me because there's no copyright laws against that. I gotta but play, they knew I gotta that over here... I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta go finish out this fanfic I've been picking up for years. But they know that over here, if you do that same thing, someone can come sue the shit out of you. So I don't think they, they understood what could prompt the suing and what couldn't, and I don't think they wanted to tempt it. Because, I mean, these companies, a lot of these companies that we consider big now weren't really big back then. Like, Capcom just made, like, two fucking games, mostly. Mega Man and, you know, Street Fighter. Yeah. Those are the biggest games they ever made back then. And those companies were, they were big video game companies, but most big video game companies were small American companies by comparison. I mean, the market had collapsed already. This is, you know, this is post-market collapse. This is post-Atari. So... Yeah, yeah dude. okay, yeah, yeah. No, you're Atari right. collapsed before Atari collapsed almost a full decade before Nintendo came around. Like they flooded the market so hard. They people actually there's like videos and stuff of people talking about it saying they they saying they never thought it would ever recover from what they did. Um <laughs> the fucking travesties that Atari visited oh upon. Oh my us. god, some of those games. I can't even like I blocked most of that out because they were so bad. I mean, geez. I mean, even the even the NES, there were games like people don't know this about the NES and like those first systems, but there were games that were third party made that were not official Nintendo games and shit that came out. A lot of the L- well, not LJN was a lot of licensed material, but yeah, there was a ton of just completely unlicensed stuff out but there. But there was there was a point where you could go to like a Radio Shack or some other store that sold games, and you could buy like. But there's that adult game, that Custard Revenge game, where you try to, like, fuck the Indian girl tied to the cactus, and that's not a game made by Nintendo. You mean Custard's Revenge? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am a terrible human being for knowing that that exists. Is that that Atari or Nintendo? It's, like, Uh, back then you could just make... You could just make a thing. Oh, they're terrible games. <laughs> There's, uh, what is that game called? Beat It and Eat It. <laughs> that game where it's a dude, like, beating off on a roof. No. And, like, people are trying to catch no. it in their mouth on the street. No, no, no. 
No, well, I described this. I described this, but the game is like an Atari game, so it's so bad looking that you can't tell what's happening. Oh, that is so <laughs> But, I mean, terrible. people don't understand that, like, there was, like, an underground, like, you know, like, fucking, like, black market game world out there back in the day that, you know, wasn't sanctioned by the companies, and these companies didn't have the kind of control they have now to keep people from making shit. Like, you know, you can't just start producing PS4 games and not get the shit suit out of you by Sony. <laughs> In fact, you can't even carry PS4s across a border into a country they don't belong in yet. And Sony has has sunk uh, companies before for doing that. So it, it, it does make sense to me why people wouldn't have an understanding of why Capcom would change something and be afraid of American companies because they're not adept to our way of thinking and when we were doing stuff that was against copyright to them back in the day they didn't really stop us because they didn't understand they could it wasn't until later they started to actually like act they started to hire americans here in the country to run their operations better to make their stuff more localized and now you know like well, a lot some of the, the problems yeah, some of the imports we got in from that in that era was just it was a lot of fucking weird stuff Oh, in that error, like, I've been playing FF7 on the Vita. There's still errors in that game. That's from 97. Uh, this man, R6, is a line area, says. There's just all sorts of wacky translation errors. And, right. I mean, like, in a game that's three discs long with thousands of lines of text, you oh, can yeah, something's going to get missed. Yeah. But, but I think that people who are younger than us, who grew up playing games in like the early 2000s, they expect a polished product that these games were not. Like you could no. do shit to old games that well, made them functionally not work anymore. If we're going to relate it back to the, to this movie specifically, Street Fighter itself was a solid and fun fighting game. The later editions like Street, Street Fighter, Fighter 2, 2 Street Fighter 2 Turbo on the SN on the Super Nintendo was really the like the what I Street Fighter I Two and Turbo were Street Fighter because Street Fighter One is a piece of shit. People don't remember <laughs> this, but I don't think you even do like. There's no Hadoukens or any of that shit. I don't think in the first game. It's just like I don't a punch remember, and kick. I don't remember any uh, fireballs or anything like that. But it yeah, was the a, first uh, games almost never well, talked about. I want to say the original like game had a strike pad on it, didn't it? Where you moved in directions, but you actually struck a pad on the actual console to get it to react and actually do the attack. If I'm remembering I don't right. remember all that. I, I mean, I've yeah. seen it in arcades, uh, which by the way, there's an arcade style setup on Bison's little device there yeah. where the joysticks are. And yeah. I was like, they're not doing, I, I hate that about old video game movies. There has to be some kind of wacky shout out that doesn't make any sense in the movie. Like in Doom, that like whole section of like first person that's oh, there man, for no reason. Don't, don't get me started on Doom. We're gonna cover that at some point, but I just I can't even, man. You can only odd. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I I just can't believe that this movie was so bad when this was the first video game movie that I feel like had a chance to be good. Like this was the one that could have been. I mean, there's not very many before this. Well, it's fucking like last Starfighter. So if we're, and there's okay. Mario. If we're gonna compare it to things that came out around the same time, um, and at some point we should cover Mortal Kombat, but if you're gonna stand it side by side with Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat really was the superior film because it stayed stayed as true as it could to the material. You had a lot of in-game referential things. Um, 
we can kind of forgive Christopher Lambert's performance as Raven. Oh, no, we can't, because that's the best uh, part of that movie. It's Christopher <laughs> Lambert's fucking weird yelling and shit. His weird save gruff it. voice yelling. Like, I'm pretty it. sure he's on cocaine or something. Save in that it for when we cover it. Save it for when we cover it. <laughs> pretty God. sure cocaine induced. <laughs> but, I mean, between the two, I mean, you had really, like, true to the video game material. But if you compare, I don't know. I'm not certain which one of the two made more money. This movie made... Ninety-nine million dollars. We were always going to go see stupid shit in the nineties. Like that's just a thing that happened a lot. But I, how did? Were we just stupid? Were we were, as kids? Were we just stupid? I mean, like you, you have to think it's it's a combination of children and a combination of people who like like fucking Van Dam and you know wanted to see him kick people in the head and shit. And, I mean, I honestly, I. I really, I, I did enjoy a lot of other Van Damme movies. I like Bloodsport. It's one of my favorites. But then again, I mean, that's just a that's just a really fun movie, you know? Bloodsport's Kumite, right? Kumite. Kumite. Yeah. Kumite. <laughs> and, and that's what I mean. Like, that, and, and, you know, Van Damme is the one who didn't go completely crazy. Oh, this movie did after. make more. Uh, Mortal Kombat did make more. There was a thirty-five million dollar budget for Street Fighter, and they made ninety-nine. Mortal Kombat had an eighteen million dollar budget, and what? Made, and made, and made one twenty-two. Mortal Kombat looks amazing for eighteen million dollars. Yeah, yeah, they it's did a good a job. Such a fucking wild movie, though. It's just, it's so wild. It's pretty good. I, I think that honestly, like most of Mortal Kombat's success can be attributed to that fucking song. Yeah, that song, and then there's also a better cast. Like this is not cast as well. Like no. I can think well, of other their, actors. They blew their casting budget on Raul Julia and John Claude Van Freaking Dam. I mean, everybody else. Raul was Julia. Secondary. You know, what? I, I honestly wish it was Tim Curry. Oh my god! Like, imagine a fucking Tim Curry in Bison. Just How do fucking... you do? I see you've met my faithful Zongif man. Well, no, think about it though. Like, because you don't really know what in Bison sounds like. I mean, maybe he talks in the old games, but imagine if he was like all proper and shit, but then wanted to throw down like that. Right. In Bison, like, talks about like the glory of hand to hand combat, and then just breaks everybody's back in two moves. Um. <laughs> I did enjoy the fight he has with Guile, though. Which, by the way, there's Guile no beat game music. the shit out of him. Well, there's no game music used in this. But I was going to say, I didn't enjoy the fight itself. I enjoyed how the fight played out like a video game fight. Because there's several times where someone doesn't move and it works. The other person <laughs> gets up and they just do it again. And I'm like, <laughs> that's the most fighting game thing ever. Like, you trip somebody, they fall down, and you just immediately trip them again because it oh works. Oh, God. Well, speaking of that that end section, that like the the end of the film, the fact that like Guile came through and said, "Hey, we need to get all these people out of here. We need to shut down all this this you know people getting shot, people getting killed." But I want to fight Bison. <laughs> what? Well, what? he wanted to fight Bison like to get back at him for what he did to his friend or whatever. Sure, but like, I mean, what's what's like? Let's discuss like repercussions for this movie. Like, Guile's getting. Gonna go to military prison. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. I mean, he's straight he's, up going to whatever the fuck the the Allied yeah, he, Nations he, he, equivalent he, no, of the, he, the brig is. He's going directly to Guantanamo Bay. What are you talking yeah, about? He better just run off into the fucking jungle himself, <laughs> because if he goes back to any Allied country, guess what, bro- brother? You're gonna be right in the jail. <laughs> like, there's no there's no scenario where you can just 
fucking Ste- disobeyed. Just up, up and stealing multi-million dollar yeah. equipment. And get it blown up, steal a whole army. You're all deserters, basically. Oh, it's so... I mean, there's a chance someone might stand up for him, but even then, it's... He, he put a lot of things in danger by going over there and... It's so weird. Yeah, I can't. Like, I can't. There's like, like people are gonna be listening to this going. There's a lot of gaps in what they're talking about tonight. There's a lot of, a lot of dead time that Justin's gonna have to cut out. But it's like, we. I found like watching this movie, I would just zone out and go, "What the fuck? Why?" I mean, there's so much we haven't even really touched on, and it's like. Like, honestly, I'm still shocked Kyle Minogue is there. I'm shocked you didn't notice it was Kyle Minogue. I did That was the first thing I noticed. And I don't have, like, we don't have the history with Kyle Minogue that the British have. Like, she's, right. she's kind of made blips here. Like, she's touched our shores occasionally for different reasons, whether it be some celebrity drama or she's in a film or something. But she's never really been a mainstay in our culture. Like, she's had a song or two on the radio over here, that sort right. of thing. But I know what she looks like. And I, when I saw that it was her, I was like, like, well, at first I forgot how she looked back then. I was like, is that Kyle Minogue? And I, I went and looked. And I was like, holy shit, it's Kyle Minogue. And they don't really use her very much. Like, it felt like they were trying to do an early attempt at that thing that movies do now where they just throw a bunch of different international stars together in hopes to make box office back in those countries. Like, you know, we do it now in China a lot. We throw people from China into our movies because we know that it makes money over there, even if they just make a a small appearance. And um, it felt like that, except for they kind of scrubbed a lot of the internationalness out of this movie. Like, I expected Dalsine to get the stuff spilled on him and turn into, like, a stretchy man. That never happened. Um, Yeah, they didn't give him any of his actual yogi powers or anything. And it's... (sighs) God, this movie just baffled me with what they did with it. They butchered it. The 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 sumo fight thing with Van Geese oh, kind God. of just plays out like, and that the wasn't two of even them. that wasn't even funny with the whole King Kong versus Godzilla dynamic they did where they were destroying the small little set. That was cute and all, but what, it wasn't. What was that weird funny. was the was the sound effects being thrown in there. Like that's too much because the people who are going to laugh at that joke won't get that sound effect noise. Because no. this is the '90s. There hadn't been a Godzilla film that made made it over <laughs> here in two decades, oh, and man. so. So that, like, well, they're making well, what about, a joke. What, what about the Matthew Broderick Godzilla film now? That's later, though. No, I just wanted to that's bring it up. That's 96. I just wanted to bring it up to see if I can make you angry about I it. I never saw it, but I mean, I just know that that's two years from then. Oh, and man. these motherfuckers weren't planning that far ahead, because no. look at this movie. Not at all. Not at all. Ugh. I mean, this movie, this movie has... Uh, I feel like they wanted it to be a series of films. Honestly, that's the oh, one they, thing that both were, it and... They uh-huh. were they were like in plans to greenlight another film. Like I want to say, Street Fighter Two actually got the go ahead. Um, it I made money. Think. I mean, shit, it made money. Yeah, sixty sixty some odd million dollars in the nineties. And I mean, when you think about it this way, it and Mortal Kombat both kind of failed at becoming series because they didn't even get past two on Mortal Kombat because two is terrible, and this one. They, what must have happened is they must have greenlit it and then production must have fallen apart before they started. Either because Mortal Kombat came out and it was so much better or because the studio just didn't want to sink money back into this. Because, you know, you got to think that 94 is the last time this shit could have flown. 
Because yeah. after like 96, 96 is when movies become modern and like you get shit like The Matrix three years later. You have Independence Day in 96. You already had Jurassic Park. Um, you know, you're you're dealing with a better film audience. It's it's so weird how fast that changed. When you look at shit like Leprechaun in 90 and you look at shit from like 96, even a bad 96 movie is serviceable. Fucking Small Soldiers is serviceable. Like, like everything that happens in Small Soldiers on a met on a meta narrative level makes a little sense. There's stuff in this movie that happens that it looks like someone just walking by set yelled a thing and they did it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Could. It's like the worst improv sketch possible. Yeah, Ugh. let's just not write a script for this thing. Let's let the actors do what they feel like doing. We'll have Raul Julia yell lines for no reason and. Um, you know, Guile will babble some stuff at him. Uh, well, and no Guile theme. I expected to hear the Guile. The Guile theme is so iconic now. I guess back then it wasn't. I don't know but, if, they, if they couldn't license the music or not. If, Com- if Capcom was going to let them use it. They'll use the characters. Like they couldn't license half these possible. fucking characters. Oh, they just God. got people who, <clears throat> they just like, his name is Gil and he's a <laughs> military man. Because isn't Guile like a, Guile's like a U.S. Marine, I want to say. Not yeah. a, not a fucking weird UN trooper. No. Why did, it had to be the UN they because... To, they had to do that, I think, to keep it from being, you know, USA coming out waving its dick at people. Well, it was the 90s. We always were doing that. What did it matter? Well, but again, I come back to, it could have just been Ken and Ryu, and we would have been fine. Oh, well, it couldn't have been Ken because Ken was... Ken was like... Ken looked like he was not a hero in any movie. Ken no. looks like the guy who is dating the girl who's unsatisfied before the real hero comes. Like, that's what Ken looks like in this movie. Like, uh, I, when when that guy was introduced as Ken, I was like, you've got to be shitting me. Like, like I get Ryu was too small, but to expect there to be a man the size of real Ryu is ridiculous. But, like, when I saw Ken, I was like, you're not Ken, dude. You look like, The I fact that they were kind of thieves and kind of kind of crummy or just nah it didn't play man it didn't play at all they weren't even good friends like Ken gets ready to just abandon Ryu like when they're about to make their turn to doing the right thing and it doesn't make any sense why he would abandon him that far into the thing and then not even really abandon him well like Ryu just goes to wander the base like aimlessly like he doesn't know where he's going he just starts to walk you know in the different rooms until Vega comes and, and then, then, then Ken sees him on a freaking this people. Ken sees him on like just, a random TV and goes, "Oh, where are you going, Ryu? Oh man, look <laughs> out!" He picks up this little speaker as if that's where it, how it works and starts yelling into it, "Ryu, like, look out!" Like and I'm like, don't "Understand technology?" I was like, "Where does that speaker even go to? That could be someone's radio. That could be for the whole base. Like, what are you doing?" Oh, technology this movie doesn't understand itself. Like. This movie doesn't understand itself. <laughs> there's, there's a TV crew God. running a what was it? They have like a a they they have like a uh, satellite dish on top of that van, and they they weren't weren't they broadcasting something? Oh yeah yeah they were broadcasting like a um a video yeah yeah somehow or another they actually broadcasted that video into a live feed into that I guess one monitor that was inside a bison's tent. <laughs> One monitor. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Okay, so this this happened so early in the film, I forgot about it. What was the point of that scene? Like, so Chung Lee goes there to blow up Bison's tent with a van. Ryu and Ken go back and warn everybody. Why did they go back and warn everybody? Like, what was the point? They They were going to betray these people anyway. Like, they had 
entered into this deal to stay alive and nothing else. And at that point, Chung Lee was going to save them. They betray her and the other guys, uh, her and, and Honda and, and Balrog, and then turn around and save them like five minutes later. I got nothing, Justin. I got it, nothing. It, That's it, been it my motto just, through this whole movie. It literally just be, starts out that way to create a tension and trouble. It doesn't need to be there. And um, oh, Balrog is a good guy because they like they, we can't. They're like we can't have two bad black guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was what happened there. Well, uh, it, it, oh man, I just <laughs> I can't. I just can't. I got nothing else. I'm I'm I am out of quarters. I cannot you purify pump. yourself in the uh, lakes of Shadowloo. <laughs> I'm I'm headed that way. I think with that, guys, let's put a nail in this coffin and call uh, game over on uh, on Street Fighter. <laughs> game because, over. <laughs> and no continue. Just, just smash the button until it runs out. Smash Done. the select button. Oh, my God. Well, thank you guys for, for uh, sitting with us as we reviewed the movie. Final thoughts on this. Um, Justin, what did you think, buddy? Final thoughts. Uh, it's really bad. Uh, we watched this because I hadn't seen it. We talked about watching Mortal Kombat, actually. And... Um, Gil's just like, well, let's watch this since you haven't seen it. And it, it is it is as bad as I had reason to believe it was. It's Oh yeah. It's definitely it makes me question what they Your sanity? were trying to do. Well, that too. What they were trying to do with this movie, like there's so many ways they could have gone that wouldn't be the same as Mortal Kombat, but they just went this inexplicable like war movies are cool sort of route. So I don't know. It's a terrible film. Oh man, okay. Double echoed, man. This movie was not good. I remember seeing this in theaters when Why? it came out as a kid. I was ten, dude. I was ten. It was a, it was a video game movie. I had to go see it. I and say that as a person who also saw Marbles in film. In oh, theaters, I did so. too. I did too. We'll get there. We'll get there. But man, someday this this movie no good, no good. I will say this though, for people that are out there that are fans of Street Fighter, if you got into the series later, watch this, and then while your palate is full of dirt from having tasted this film, go watch the Street Fighter animated movie or the Street Fighter uh, anime, anime um, multi-part series that they did. Both excellent storytelling with good voice actors and a fun experience with a movie or TV medium with the Street Fighter franchise. They were really good as opposed to this pile of crap. I've heard that. I need to probably check it out too then. Yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. I watched uh, I watched both in their entirety, and they they are great. Um, I think with that we're gonna we're gonna uh, call it a wrap for the night, guys. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us and uh, spending the time to listen to us. Um, bottom of the show, Jay. Anything you want to plug? Um, still doing um other podcasts. Uh, Last Chance Theater with Laura. We launch on our off weeks uh, every Wednesday. Every other Wednesday. Sorry. Um, my Twitter is at CTK86 and my Instagram's at Lens of Justin. And also, um, start looking for on the from the Bone Vault YouTube channel, the older episodes will be posted up there. Uh, some stuff from season two. The first one to go up is going to be Get Out. So if you, uh, for some reason, can't get a hold of podcasts and want to listen to episodes that are older, you can go on YouTube and check it out. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get a little better about that, about making sure these are up within uh, a little bit of a certain time frame. But yeah, Levi's doing some really cool editing work where he's putting all that together in a really cool visual format. So yeah, show us, show us some love, guys. Go to our go to our YouTube. 
And what and what they're probably best for is if you're going to ever show somebody who has a, a harder time getting to a podcast, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, be sure to, to uh, uh, reach out to us at uh, uh, fromthebonevault at gmail.com, our email address. Uh, on Twitter, we can be caught at at bonevault. That's uh, B-O-N-E-V-A-U-L-T, capital B, capital V. Um, shoot us a tweet. Let us know what movies you're thinking about, what you what you think about the uh, the show, what movies you'd like to, to have us go check out. We'd love to hear from you guys and see, you know, what you want us to review. Um uh, for me, as far as catching me online, uh, I, I've got the lamest Twitter handle in existence at G Newman uh, three on Twitter. Uh, and uh, just keep your eyes peeled on uh, our feeds for news on uh, midnight layer. We are making strides on getting the set finalized to begin shooting very, very soon. So cool things coming to you from pumpkin bomb productions very soon this year. Uh, with that, I think we're going to call it a night. Uh, as always, I'm Gil and I'm Justin. Stay scary, everybody. Oh, and Justin, be sure that you uh, always recognize my godhood. Just saying. I don't remember that line, but okay. (laughs) Night, everybody. Perfect. Perfect.